Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome along to your Monday night edition of the TII podcast. Yes, we're back as we get set for another fun week, hopefully fun week, supporting Rangers. Uh, is, we're over halfway through the international break as it stands. Uh, the countdown is on to uh, Saturday lunchtime where St Johnston take on Rangers. And to discuss what was an eventful week for Rangers, or at least Rangers fans on social media, um, and much, much more, I am joined by Kendall. How are we doing, Kendall? I um, I'm not going to say good. We'll see, we'll, we'll see how it goes on. This is going to be cathartic for me, I think. Fingers crossed it's cathartic for us all. And we're joined by Shug as well. How are you doing? Good to see you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, it's it's a bit dire when I almost wish I was a Scottish national team fan rather than a Rangers fan. But well, I've had I've had almost. the joy. Of, I've had the joy of suffering through both for many years, Shug. So um, it's, it's actually a good time to be a Scotland fan just now, and the fights are booked to Germany already. Um, anyway, back to Rangers, and we are talking about. Um, plenty that's gone on over the past week. It's been a week since I was on here with with Ross and Gus and delving into the old firm aftermath. Kendall, I'll start with yourself. Where is your head at now? I guess we're now all starting to look forward or hopefully all starting to look forward. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in a really, really weird place. Uh, I, I've been right from the start. I've been very much built in. Um, and... I think we all knew that whatever the result last week was going to be, the outpouring on social media against Rogers or Bill was going to be what it has been. And it's it's a strange thing because I was prepared for it. I was aware of it, but I am totally scunnered. I, I thought, well, you know, whatever happens, we'll get through it. It's still only, you know, a few games into the season, etc. But I'll be honest with you, it's just it feels because of the way we've played it just feels that i don't see any pro- progression i don't see anything and it's just miserable it's just i, re- I just feel really really scunnered by the whole thing and i think where i'm at is if he went i'm not going to cry any tears and i consider myself kind of in. um but i just done yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of people that seem to have reached 
that point. And Shag, I'll come to you for your view on the same question in a second. But before we do, a few people in the comments, Hugo Bear saying uh, good evening. Uh, Andrew Crawford saying evening, fellow Bears. Uh, Chris uh, saying slowly walking off a cliff. That's where my head's at. Um, Shug, on a scale of um, level-headed to Chris's view there, where are you, where are you sitting? Uh, somewhere in the middle, yeah, I think. I think the word came up to you on our chat at some point in the group. Apathy seems to set in. It's almost like we've seen this story before, 12 months ago, and we're at the sequel. Uh, we'd terrible, we're playing terrible football. We were losing big games. And 12 months later, here we are still playing terrible football and still losing the big games. Uh, I don't. I don't like the idea of chopping and changing managers, but I think this week and then from following weeks are going to prove really vital for Bill because he has to change. He has to do something different. We spoke about Gio a year ago saying he had to get rid of the horseshoe and he had to do this and that. The next thing, it's the exact same with Bill now. With He seems yeah. to have bought all these players. We're still using last season's players, which are still Gerard's players. Yeah, and something has to change, something has to give. Yeah, Scott Cameron's in the comments and says, hopefully the break allowed Beal to reset. He's signed his own P45 if the tactics don't change and he doesn't back up his chat with actions. Play on the front foot with a tempo is not complicated. Shag, I'm just going to stick with you because obviously Michael Beal came in start of December last year. We, we kicked on from that point just after the World Cup break and Pretty much every game outside of playing against Celtic, we won and we won comfortably and we were playing some attractive football um, with the likes of Cantwell and Raskin showing up um, really well. What what do you think's changed in the, over that summer period? We the, the football we were playing into in the second half of last season was was more exciting than what we've seen so far this this season. It was more entertaining. It was quicker. It was um, the movement was a lot better. Why? What what do you think's changed? Well. Moving Cantwell back deeper's been a terrible move, in my opinion. Uh, I think we see the best of us. I was saying last season, I remember saying it on the pod that sort of Ryan Kent position when Todd Cantwell was playing it, we looked so good and he's so exciting going forward. But you're almost taking away any sort of flair from that front line. The players he's brought in haven't hit the ground running. He seems to, I don't know, he almost. Like he's built a team to hit on the counter attack rather than a team to actually break down what 99% of our games are against low block and rarely have people attacking us. I think that was evident in the first game of the season against Kilmarnock. Um, I don't know, it's, it's if he's trying to reinvent the wheel when, as much as we hate saying it, you just look across the city at Postacoglu time there and he showed exactly how how to win games in Scotland and that is to go after teams be on the front foot attack them pace and all of a sudden apart from Seema we didn't bring in anyone with any notable pace we've sort of almost slowed it all down yeah, so I don't know he's, he's going to have to do something he's going to have to either back himself and put his players in the team and play the style of football he thinks that we should be playing this handbrake off comment from the summer's 
continually coming back to bite him just now, or he's going to have to just admit that he's got it wrong and go back to something similar and get a bit more width in the team or something. I'm not entirely sure what the answer will be, but going by Michael Beale's opinions and style so far, he'll probably back himself, so we'll wait and see. Yeah, Kendall, I wanted to bring in, there's obviously been a lot of a lot said on social media in particular over the last seven or eight days or so. Opinion seems quite polarised and people seem quite entrenched in their views as well. Just two examples of that. Seafood Neat It says, time to get behind the gaffer. We are we are our own worst enemy when it comes to it. And then Agnes McLaren saying, sack him. Um, and then Hugster0809 come in with, I guess, a bit of a, a more balanced view there saying, I am a Beal supporter. But he is in the last chance zone. Sadly, I would accept that he is only one more bad result away from the chop. We'll come to his question um, a bit later on. But I think, Kendall, I'm probably more in line with what Hugster said there than, than the other two. I've I've not quite got an entrenched view either side. I can see the, the negativity. I share all of the concerns that people who, who want him sacked do currently. But we are, four, we are only four games into a season where we've allowed Michael Beale to control a full rebuild of the of the squad. Um, I think the time that Michael Beale has, he's kept asking time and time again for for the space for the team to gel and it's time for them to step up. And it doesn't seem to have happened so far, but it needs to happen now, in my opinion. Where do you where do you stand on on this um spectrum, I guess? Yeah, I, I mean he's Rangers managers are always kind of two, was it two games away from crisis? They always say, isn't it? Two games away from you know the sack. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily the results is what's killing them. It's, it's the performances, it's the lack of cohesion, the lack of a plan. Um, I mean, we all thought that he was the, the, the brains behind Gerard, but. If anything, it's it, it just seems to be kind of overthinking everything. There's so many changes every you know between the game after game, and I get the fact you know you're keeping um you're keeping players fresh etc. But you know you're three four games in a season, and these guys don't know each other, they've not played together. So what, what you know the, the logic would dictate to me anyway that you're putting you're giving out eleven shirts after spending four weeks with them now. Danilo came in a couple of weeks, a couple of days before the season started. So I can see give Dessers the run first because he spent that kind of thing. So I get that. But I I, I think Bill, I think um, you know, Shug said something very interesting there. He says, you know, back himself. Well, he's brought these players in there. They've all been here a few weeks at least. Some have been in now a couple of months. And now's the time to say, right, well, and I think one thing we can all agree on is that his players. He said at the start of the transfer window, he said, you know, when you see the players that are coming in, you will recognise the, the, the links, etc. And we have. So it looks to me like the the board could also get a bit of a hard time, justifiably to a degree, because the box starts with them at the end of the day. Um, but they're his players. So the one thing I would say as well is... It's just the last thing I'd say. So I, I'm still, I'm kind of torn. I'm actually kind of thinking I'm going to say one thing on camera and then I'm going to write comments as well on the other side of it because I'm completely torn on the whole thing uh, as, as far as Beale's concerned. But um, one thing uh, I would pick up there and, and what you was saying, you know, the Ryan Kent position, 
now that's not been replaced. Now that, to me, is pivotal for not because Ryan Kent had a great last season, but when Ryan Kent got the ball, two opposition players came across them, which created space in the middle. But the players, the the defences in our league at the minute don't know these players, so they're not double marking anybody. So that space is more congested in the middle. So the guys, when we're actually playing centrally, there's no space. There's, there's 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 no room at all, which is why I think Matondo is now looking like the second coming of Jesus um, at the minute compared to the rest of our, our, our players because actually he's the only one they're kind of frightening and he's creating space for us. So uh, it's quite an interesting thing. But as far as Beal's concerned, it's it's his last chance to loon. If he if he loses, right, he'll probably get away with losing against away against Betis. He'd probably get get away with losing against Prague away from home. But if he loses anything in the next five, six weeks, apart from that, up to the next Old Firm game, I mean, I think he's a dead man walking. I really do. And I, I don't see how he can survive another defeat or even a draw. The only thing that might help him, and it's the only thing that I think saved him at the minute, is that Celtic drop points. So if Celtic drop points again and keep it closer, he may get a bit of time. But to me again, and I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but to me again, that's that's false because these they've paid Aberdeen away from home. They've played us away from home. We've not had any of, you know, this set, of, this, this set of games, they've got hearts away from home. They've got hibs away from home. If we get to game 10, they've played everybody away from home that will be in the top six. And we've played nobody away from home that's in the top six. So, Yeah, it'll be really interesting, Shug, at the start of that, where you were speaking about the spectrum of opinion that there is amongst the fans. The fact that people are quite entrenched in those opinions as well, after a week of going back and forward with each other, um, arguing um, each other's opinions. How does Michael Beale go about turning around fan opinion? Fan opinion so often eventually wins, I think. I think more often than not, fan opinion will eventually win if it's held for so long. How does Michael Beale go about starting this Saturday against St Johnston? How does he go about trying to change that? Or what does he need to do? To change that, uh, not spending last weekend posting random stuff on Instagram uh, would have been a stop uh, rather than trying to find flames. Uh, I think, I think he needs to put his team down. He needs to say this is what this is what the way we're going to play and play that way, and he's going to have to pick an eleven footballers nowadays. The preseason and everything, they're geared towards playing 50 or 60 games a season. They're not geared towards playing 30 and 30, unless you're Ryan Jack. Uh, so there's absolutely no reason why these players can't go two, three, four games in a row. We've seen the best of times under Gerard and under Gio in the Europa League runs. We ha- we're playing the same team, almost the same 11s. We're going out all the time. And there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be doing that this early in the season. People can't be complaining about tiredness and fatigue. So there's no reason why you can't field a team at the weekend and field the exact same team against Bears if they do well. Kendall says they've got to get to know one another. They've got to get to learn that style, know where each another are playing. Uh, I'd like to see Danilo seems to be getting no chances at all and Deso seems to be getting them all. So personally, I'd like to see Danilo get more of a shout. Uh, but then... If Beal chooses to back Dessers, then these guys are going to have to show up for him. The ones that he gives these 11 shots to, honestly, apart from Butland, I don't think any of them could argue whether to be dropped. 
He, I think he's the only one that can come out of this with a lot of first block of fixtures with his held head high and no mistakes. A couple of others you would give honourable mentions to, but you can definitely pick out errors and mistakes. I mean, I'd like to see Sufintes in this block of fixtures. He seemed to come in and get rushed into the team and then put into the toughest game possible against PSV both games. And then that doesn't that that's never good for a signing to come in and be in the toughest game. So he's got to get players on the park playing in a style that we can identify with. The handbrake off, it will continue. As long as I'm around anyway, it'll continue to be uh, attributed to him uh, from pre-season. That's, that's what we want to see. We don't want to see this boring. Let's just try and pass our way through the middle by getting rid of our best player at doing that, Giannis Hadji, that sent him on loan. Uh, I wasn't happy with the Hadji loan, to be honest. Uh, but Sam Lamos is supposed to be it's supposed to be his man. He was the first one he went to sign and he's been bombed out of the team. So I don't know. I don't know where where he's at. I don't know. It'd be interesting to be in Michael Beale's head just now just to see what he genuinely thinks. If he has got an 11 in mind or if he's planned the whole season, what's to continually rotate? I hope it's an 11 in mind. Yeah, Kendall Shugs covered pretty much the full agenda, so we might as well just wrap up there. Um, now, Kendall, talking about, um, I guess, what, what it would take Michael Beale to turn around fan opinion or at least start to turn around fan opinion. I've had the conversation quite a few times over the last seven days that if he went on a 10-game winning run against the other clubs in the in the Premiership, would that, would that do? I think, for me, it probably wouldn't. I think at this stage, I, the only way I would start to change my mind, I guess, on where I stand in terms of him just being um, one defeat away from, from disaster as such. Um, maybe a bit hyperbolic there, but um, I think he needs to win the League Cup as a start. He needs to go forward and win the League Cup. There's no question about that. And they also need to beat Celtic at Parkhead in New Year. If we're still in the title race at that point and we're level or just ahead of them, I think he's probably done enough to turn it around but it's a tall ask given what we've seen so far isn't it it is um and it's not impossible but i think to give himself the best chance i i, I mean a lot of what shug said to me is spawn i would say he's got to he's probably got to drop desers i think desers has had an opportunity now um more than the rest of them and he's not taking it so if you're if you're pinning your jacket to somebody and he's not doing it for you. <laughs> I mean, he seems a great, great, lovely big guy and stuff like that, but his job's to, to, to either score or assist. He's been unlucky. I mean, if you look at the, obviously the goal was ruled out uh, against Celtic and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, he's been unlucky, but it's not something we can continue having strikers that aren't scoring and, and, and people that aren't creating in the team. So, First things first, I mean, he's, he's got to win, but he's got to win well. I mean, you're talking about the League Cup, and yes, absolutely, he's got to win the League Cup, but do you honestly see, here's what, here's one for you, Craig, do you honestly see him making it to the League Cup final if we had our two draws or defeats? Depends, depends who we get in the draw, doesn't it? I guess you're straight on to Hamden after after the next game if we manage to get past Govingston. I saw the £22 coming out of my bank account 
uh, for that one as quick as possible from the club. So, um, but yeah, I think if he's able to get past Livingston, which we know at Ibrooks, they are they know how to play against us and to keep it tight and to make it a tough. Obviously, we scored three goals late on in that game um, earlier on in the season, but it was a it was a tough watch for a good 75, 80 minutes um, of that game. So it wouldn't be an easy it won't be an easy tie for us uh, against Covington, but I think he has to win the League Cup. I don't think there's any question about that. I think if he um, if he bombs out of that early or even loses in the final, it's just people are just going to double down on what they've already said over the past week. One do you think he would? He, sorry, would you think he'd even make it to the um, to the semi if uh, if he loses against St Johnson? Good question. I think if he loses against St Johnston, that's curtains. I, I don't think there's any coming back from that. We'll come on a bit to talk about the fact that the rumours around the, the board speaking to other potential candidates or sounding out some other candidates over the past week or so. But I think if he if he loses on Saturday on the back of what we saw um, at Ibrooks just before the international break, I think that's curtains for him. Where do you stand on that one, Shug? Yeah. I think he drops anymore. That's it. I think he has to go. I think the problem he's got and he's created off his own bag is that last year Gio just wouldn't go. They wouldn't get rid of him. And then it was too late. All of a sudden it got to November one, nine points behind. And I don't think the board can risk that happening again. So I think if we drop any points, I think he has to go. And we can't we can't compare ourselves to how Celtic are doing. If all of a sudden Celtic are dropping points and we are dropping points, that's still not a good place to be. If we are sitting four points behind in three months' time because we've lost five games and Celtic have lost five games, that's not good enough. He's got to win his games and concentrate on his side of it and make sure that we don't drop any more points and we don't give the league up in November. No World Cup this year to give it up by, but can't be there. And again, a second season running. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, there's still a winter break, though, Shug, so don't worry. There's um, there's always a chance. Um, Colin Montgomery, no, not that one, uh, saying that we're asking a lot. Um, and uh, Michael Beale's end is inevitable. Um, Chris Redhand, who, by the way, is a, is a subscriber to the TII YouTube channel. And if you are interested, all the details can be found um, by just clicking on the, on the channel itself. And you can find out how to be a proper subscriber uh, yourself. And he says, are we seriously going to settle for the League Cup? Sad times. Kendall wasn't saying settle for the League Cup. I was saying the League Cup is the starting <laughs> point uh, from which we need to prepare ourselves on to. I was on uh, Radio Scotland actually a few weeks ago, just, just before the PSV game, and I was asked, well, where does the priority lie this season? And ultimately, the priority lies in winning the league. I don't think there's any other bigger priority for Rangers than that, especially this season. Are you in agreement with that one? 
Yeah, totally. I, I mean, it's uh, the be-all and end-all is the league. And, you know, there's a couple of cracking comments here. I'm just looking at the comments as well as you're putting them up and the other ones in the uh, thing. Curry Munchers put a good one in there as well about, you know, we are sitting here discussing with with the best squad, I think, whether or not they've not shown it, right? I know they've not shown it. But technically, we've got a cracking squad, but we're all excited when we sign these players. We were all. We have to remember, like a month ago, we were sitting here happy as Larry, big cat whisker grins on our faces because we've seen these players, right? And now we're sitting a month later saying, "Oh, Livingston's a tough game, eh? Oh, we need to watch this one." Well, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, we 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 we've done that to ourselves. It's not a tough game. We need to go and we need to muller these teams, and and because we're Glasgow Rangers, and that's what we are. And because of the, the 10 years of hurt on it, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're sitting here and I'm sounding like Chewbacca when he's watching Hans You know, it's like watching the games. And, and, and no, we need to go and we need to get to a point where we're mullering them. And then the four games against Celtic will, will take care of themselves and we'll either win the league or, or the manager will be looking for a, a new job because, you know, it's no Walter Smith and with the credit in the bank. It's no Alex McLeish with the credit in the bank. We've got managers just now that are coming in on a short leash because they had the three-year rebuild to get us back competitive. We are now competitive and he needs to win the league. Yeah, I mean, he now needs to win the cup for the simple fact that Celtic are there and there is no other... I mean, losing to Celtic isn't acceptable as Rangers manager, right? But there is no way... Losing to another Scottish team is in any way acceptable. So he has now to win the League Cup and he has to win the league because he's picked his players. We were competitive. We are, we knew we needed to, but we're getting to an end of a cycle because of the age of the players. But he's gone out and he's signed his players. So go and win the league. And if you don't win the league, then that's it. And and when the league starts to say, if, I honestly think if Celtic hadn't dropped points, that he would already be sacked and this wouldn't be having this conversation because the only thing that saved him at the minute is the fact that Celtic have kept it competitive by dropping points. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Shud, there's plenty of comments flying in here. People still clearly frustrated by, by what's going on recently. Um, Hugster saying that Michael Beale has to settle on his best 11 and right away, I completely agree with that one. It's a point you made earlier on, Pete Lawrence uh, saying it seems like he's trying to be diplomatic and give everyone playing time. We need, um, this, the, the, we need decisions to be made. Looking forward now, so many people have said about we need to see a clear style of play. We've not seen a clear pattern that Michael Beale is trying to, trying to utilise. We've not seen the uh, an understanding from the players as to where they need to be and offensively or defensively, to be fair, having, having watched that that old firm game. How important is it that we do start to see that queer style of play and how disappointing is it that we've not seen that so far? It's imperative that we see it and it's massively disappointing. Uh, absolutely no style of play. You know, you go to all all these clubs and they all seem to have a style of play apart from us. Even, I can't remember, I think it was, it was Aberdeen. I watched them getting knocked out of Europe. And they seem to have a, a clear identity in the way they're going about the game and how they're playing it. And Barry Robson's been in that job a long, lot less time than what 
Bale's been back at Rangers and he's not had anywhere near the money uh, to rebuild the squad in his image. And I guess we were used to, everyone talked about how good Bale was on the training field under Gerrard, how good he was. And you kind of thought that that would be that would be the easy bit for him, would be to put his own style of play and he would nail it on the training ground, whether he had the cojones to make the big calls and things like that is another thing. But we all thought that he'd be able to get the training, the training would be spot on and he'd get his style of play out there. But we've we've really not seen it. We don't know what's happening. It's it's. I remember when Gio came in and we get told that Bonner and Tav were getting stopped going to the byline. They were only going so far up the park. It's almost as if Bale's decided the exact same. They're only getting so far up the park. Only we've got no wingers. So all of a sudden we've got nobody hitting bylines and stuff like that. Uh, whether that's because Tav and Bonner are a wee bit older now, I'm not sure. Whether that's a managerial decision. But he knew who his fullbacks were going to be before the season started. So he should have either changed them or he should have picked a different style. Um, we need to see a settled midfield. We've got a few good players there, but they're never... He's always rotating them every single game. It seems to be somebody else's partner and somebody else. And I don't know, I'd like... I'd like to see a run where we Sufentes actually gets sent in place and Raskin plays in there. Yeah, Lundstrom or Jack, I'm not sure about either. But uh, Dal's there. Hopefully he's back fit. But I'd like to see us get into a settled three in the middle. I'd like to see Cadwell playing that more attacking role. I don't know if he plays a diamond or if we go with some a bit of width. But we just need to see something. We need to see something. I mean, well, it's not like the old days, the good old days when international breaks all our team were away because we had so many internationals. I think somebody said in the chat, there's only five senior players away. I've seen Robbie Matondo was on the bench tonight and I've seen Borna kept a clean sheet with Croatia. He played the full game. But he's, well, they've been at Ibrox today training. He's had, he's going to have a full week to actually prepare the players and get ready for the weekend. So it would be really nice to see us go out against St Johnston and actually implement a style that's exciting, that maybe produces more than three or four shots in target in a game. Yeah, Kendall, I want to pick up on a point that um, Colin Gummery's back in the comments. Um, it's where he highlights the fact that we pushed for the first five minutes against Celtic, then backed off. I think that's a style, that's not a style, I think that's a trait that we've seen quite often so far this season in terms of we come flying out of the box for the first five, ten minutes, try and get an early goal, and then we just seem to sit off teams. Do you think that is planned, or do you think that's just uh, something that the team themselves have got into the habit of doing? I, it, it's just a strange one. I mean, I, I, again, I think this is the biggest problem that we're all having with it. Is just we're we're not seeing what the plan is. We're all trying to understand, but it seems to change from game to game and week to week. And sometimes it feels like the players are trying to work it out on the pitch. Um, now, I, the Celtic game in particular, yeah, we we had that couple of attacks right at the start, 
It looked like we were going to pump up. But then it looked to me as if, and I think it looked to a lot of people, that the instruction was actually to miss out the midfield and to 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 bring because it wasn't just goals and it was Suter and they were all they were all hitting Matondo and they were all hitting the, the you know trying to play it over the top. But our right our forwards, the new forwards, aren't scoring goals. Our defence is the weakest part of our team. So why would we then miss out the midfield? <laughs> To play with the the ditties, I I I'm, I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know what he was thinking, and and they changed it at half time. What I would say is the efforts there. I think Cantwell and Raskin's problem um, is they're playing slightly out of position, firstly, and they're trying too hard. I mean, Cantwell is like a, a blue arse fly at the minute. I mean, the, the the guy has got all the effort in the world, but it's not coming off for him just now because. He's just trying to do everything in cover for everybody. And I think Shug's spot on. You know, you, you, you've got your best players. I think you need to give out 11 jerseys, starting with Butland, he's jersey number one. If we're persisting with Tav, which, by the way, I think he's lost a yard of pace. I think that's what his problem is. I think he has lost a yard of pace. I think he's a cracking player. I really like Tav. But he's not getting down that wing and he's not getting I mean he was never great at getting back but he's just a wee bit slower in getting back as well so you know the, but there's 11 jerseys to be given out and I think Bill has to make man up and make those decisions about who gets those 11 jerseys I think he's tried to keep everybody happy I think he's made a lot of promises to a lot of people to get them in the door and maybe not thinking he would get them all Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. I I do think I do think Sifuentes because he's he for me was the biggest signing out of the lot of them, and I do think that the 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 pace of the game has surprised him, and I think he's pivotal to the plan. Uh, so I think when he gets if he's had another couple of weeks of real solid training, but he's only going to learn by by getting game time now, and he needs to be in that team, um, and then you need to you just need to do it. But I would have can't will build the team around him. He's your best player. Last year, after Beal came in, we got more points than Celtic did, right? Now, we didn't lose anything in Ryan Kent, and we didn't lose anything in Morelos, because they haven't kicked the ball for 18 months between the two of them. So we brought in people that aren't like, you know, they're, they're, they're not world beaters yet for us, but they're not any worse than what we had last season. And I and I won't have that because, you know, Morelos was a waste of a shirt last year. Every time he played, he was a waste of a shirt. And I loved Alfie, but he was a disgrace last year. So we've not lost anything there. So if Cantwell can drive us to winning more points than a better Celtic team, then build the team round them. Give him what he needs. We've got good players there. And if you're having to play players out of position, then play some of these guys because they're technically very good out of position rather than your best player. Uh, and I think it's that simple for me. Yeah, I think on the Sifuentes point, I know Shug's been banging that drum a few times already on the on the pod tonight. I think Sifuentes almost played himself out of a start against Celtic with his two performances against PSV because the pace of that game and the the difference in quality between PSV's midfield and what Fuentes was able to offer was night and day. And I think he almost, did, like you said, Kendall passed him by. And I think almost showed the, the difference in levels between the MLS where Fuentes was, was ripping up and then coming into a big European 
big European game against one of the better teams in in um, in Europe at this moment in time. It was night and day for me. And had those games not happened, or had Sefuentes managed to hold his own, I I appreciate he was probably slightly out of position and where he was playing. He was playing more towards the right hand side and having to cover James Tavernier, which isn't which isn't the easiest um, job in the world. He, he does seem a, a bit defensively unaware, uh, Sifuentes at times as well, in terms of his positioning and where he should be to cover. But I think he played himself out of out of the Celtic game. He's He's got a lot of promise, but he, he needs to to get up to speed and get up to speed quick if he's going to be as key a part of of our team going forward as, um, as I think you, you both think on that front. We've spoken a lot about the fans, Shug, and where where they stand and what their views have been over the last um, seven or eight days. Let's move on to the board. Um, RFC72 says, my biggest concern is the board. Good off the park, but anything for on the park, they're very poor with decisions. Where does Michael Beale stand with the board, do you think, at this moment in time? Yeah, well, if rumours were to be believed, I don't think he's in a good spot. Yeah. I think Chris Jack raised something in an article about a bit of disagreement between them. Yeah. I think I think John Bennett retiring and allegedly going to be spending more time as a hands-on chairman, I think will be really good for us. Yeah, I think it's what we need. Yeah. I like John Bennett. Michael Beale if there's a disagreement on the board I don't see the board standing by him to be honest he he said before the transfer window that he was going to have the biggest budget in Rangers recent history or something and he said at the end of the transfer window he's happy and then he mumbled something about how we've not really spent that much we've almost broken even or something we've only spent 13 million yeah only 13 million. So I don't know if that's a sign of a crack or if that's just him frustrated. I'm sure when Gerard left, it's all about him not being back. So he was, he'll be well knowledgeable about what happened then, although it was under a different chairman. It's, yeah, the board's, as I said earlier, they've got a huge, They've got a huge responsibility of the fans because it is like twelve months ago and they can't they can't see the league being finished for November again. They just can't. It's not it's not in our style, it's not our philosophy. We should be up there and thereabouts every single season, not giving the league away in November. So I really I believe that the board have been sounding other managers out. I think they would be they'd be wrong not to. Now I know the big talk was Graham Porter and yeah, in many eyes he is probably reaching a bit high. Yeah, it's like try to pull that stunner that you've got no chance of, but yeah, you might as well give it a shot. We are Rangers after all. If you don't ask, you don't get so I don't see anything wrong with going and asking Porter if they have. And if Porter says no, then that's it. That's fair enough. But you never know. You know how close they were to getting Eddie Howe. And I don't know if Porter's 
any bigger a name than what Rodgers was when Rodgers joined them the first time around after almost winning the title with Liverpool and stuff. So I don't know if Porter's any bigger a name. So, yeah, we should definitely be sounding people out and be ready for... Because managers do the exact same thing. They'll be looking at other jobs and things like that. So it's only... I'm going around in circles, but it's it's like players and all that that talk about when clubs don't want them, they flog them. But then when players want to move, they're the bad guys. So it's the same with managers. The board's got to be on top of it. And a director of football might be handy, hopefully, in the next... Is it this month or next month? James Bisgrove's quarterly meeting. It's soon anyway. It's soon, Shug. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Be interesting to see what comes out of that one. And um, obviously, the first one was very positive in terms of the fan engagement side of things. It'll be very interesting to see if the tone has shifted when we get to the next um, fan engagement session. Kendall Shug touched on, I guess, one of the, the key talking points from last week, which was. The way the board appeared to undermine Michael Beale's comments around how much money was spent uh, with the article that they um, that they appear to have fed to Chris Jack in the Rangers Review, um, highlighting the details of how much or what transfer fee was paid for each each player. In the grand scheme of things, there was about I think about two million pounds between the valuations, the, the total valuations. So it's, I don't think that's a big deal. In the slightest, but what did you make of the move from the from the board from the club? Did you do you think they were trying to quieten down the noise and instead they just fanned the flames? I think I, I think they'll be as frustrated. I saw a comment there actually. Somebody put in the comments there that the, the, the board will probably be as frustrated as the rest of us are. Because if you've got a manager that comes to you and says this is the players I want, and then they go out and they get those players, and then the managers out in the media going. We've only spent 13 million. Doesn't matter how much we spent, you give us a list of players and we give you the players. I mean, you're going to get peeved. Uh, and I think one thing we have to remember as well is that the Bennett and Bisgrove, I mean, Bisgrove although he's been kind of around the, the, the noise because it was announced when he was going to be um when he was going to be coming on board as a, a you know as chairman, etc. He wasn't chairman until reasonably recently. Um, and same with Bennett Park was still in the background for longer than, you know, the, the announcement, etc. So Beale isn't their man. There's there's no need for them to be loyal to Beale because he is not somebody that they put in position. So it would not surprise me um, that and especially with Bisgrove, etc. It wouldn't surprise me if Defender of Football, Shrug mentioned that, comes in at, before or at the same time as a manager. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I get the frustration from the board because, well, all of a sudden, you know, if, if you look at what Bisgrove's done, look at the positivity around the board a month ago. Again, a month ago, we're talking about safe standing, which had been just nixied. For ages, we're talking about you know potentially, and, and they're doing it the right way. They're not. They're not all of a sudden. They're not making sudden decisions. Just saying, this is what you're doing, um, and or this is what we're doing. They're, they're saying, right, okay, well, let's engage with fans. Let's do this. Let's do that. And you know, some of it's nonsense. You quarterly meetings, etc. I mean, it's good because the simple fact you've got you've got somewhere to go and vent at them. They're not going to enjoy that one this next time. It'll be interesting to see if it goes ahead. But the um, but they've done a lot of good things. 
since these announcements were made, etc. But again, I go back to the point, Beal is not their man. And if he's going to get up when they think that they've done their jobs and say, well, hold on a second, we've only spent such and such. But if, if it's a list of players rather than a monetary value he's given them, he's got no right to say that. And then that's what I would say. So I, on that one, I'm, I still like Beal. I want him to turn it around. But he, he, he can't be going at the board. He can't. I think the board, I think the fans actually look at the board and think that they've backed, they've did what they said they would do. They've backed mm-hmm. Michael Beal in the transfer window. He said they needed a, a squad overhaul. We've brought in nine players. Um, 13, um, I think it's 13 are out the door, if I remember correctly. Um, so there has been a big... A big overhaul, um, thirteen million pounds spent, pretty much the same coming back in through the door, give or take a million pounds. Ken, I want to stick with you because Shug already touched on, I guess, some of the rumours that there were some managers out there being approached. Um, Graham Potter was one to me that's pie in the sky kind of stuff. It was like saying that we're approaching Jose Mourinho. Um, you already know what the answer is going to be, but you're just approaching them so that you can say that you approached them. Um, Kevin Musket was the other one that I think interested quite a few people just given his, his the style of play um, that he likes and then John Eustace um, who I think a, a quite a long time ago now was rumoured to be joined us as a player and it kept being tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow and he never quite he never quite signed on the dotted line. They were all mentioned last week as being sounded out by the board as, as potential options. What did you make of the fact that that became public knowledge and how much of it is believable do you think i think it's believable i, I think i think we've approached managers because yeah i think Shug said it earlier on we, we, we'd be remiss not to that's their job there's no director of football so if you're uh, if you're if your manager is not going to make a decision to sack himself then somebody at the board has to be having those conversations because otherwise we end up with Graham Murray getting like brought out of cobwebs and brought back in. Uh, and I don't think that's a realistic po- proposition. Uh, I do think we probably have spoken to Potter and I do think we've probably been encouraged by Potter, um, to be quite honest. I think I think he would be interested. After the absolute omni-shambles of his last couple of months at Chelsea where people where players were coming out or to press and moaning about having to sit on the floor in changing rooms and not getting treated with the proper respect and too many pre- players were too close to him and all this kind of stuff. I, I mean, that that is not somebody who's going to get a top four club uh, and uh, at this precise second. And if he's not going to get a top four club at this precise second, then, you know, he can come up here, try and win things, get in the Champions League and, you know, have a have a real run at it with relatively little um, expectation. I mean, the expectation up here is you win, but you're up against one team um, is, is the reality of it. Um, so I don't think it's unrealistic um, that, that he was an unrealistic thing. What I would say is that an awful lot of the managers... It's like an awful lot of the players. I saw somebody talking um, not not long ago, talking about the, the listed a whole load of the Scottish players that have gone in the last couple of years. You know, Doig, 
um, Lewis Ferguson, this one, that one. And all of us were going, by. it's not good enough for Rangers, you know, not good enough for Rangers. No, and now would they be able to afford them? And it's as simple as that, hickey. You know, we just wouldn't be able to afford them. And I think there's that with, and I'm not saying that there's anybody out there with the appropriate standard, but all I would say is with the exception of Dick Advoca, who outspent everybody that he was up against, there hasn't, in my, to my knowledge, and you guys will be able to correct me if I'm wrong, there hasn't been a, a, a successful non-Scottish Rangers manager. Um, and again, when you start talking about the Newtson's getting mentioned, well, he's done great for the, for the Wi-Fi password, done great. But what else has he done? You know, if he comes over here, is, is he a shoo-in? Is Potter a shoo-in? He did great for Brighton. He did miserable at Chelsea. Is he a shoo-in? Is, I, so I, I, I don't know is, is the answer. Like, where do we go to? I think we have to have had those conversations with people. We have to be ready because we we can't have another two defeats. And then in October, everybody's 40,000 people are 45,000, 50,000 people are turning up at Ibrox every second Saturday to watch a, an easy run-in where we're going to finish 20 points behind Celtic. It, it can't be allowed to happen. But then we have to be ready to put somebody in. We don't need to... It's not about sacking Beal. It's about replacing Beal. Um, sacking is all good, but if you've, if you've got a numpty to come in at the back of him or you don't have anybody to come in the back of him, then it's just, it's just another car crash. Shug, I've seen Graham Sinnesy's name mentioned far too many times in the comments in relation to a director of football role um, or even some people have said a manager's role that's absolutely not not for me the man's been out of football for um so i consider the length of time um he's obviously admired for what he did for rangers in the past but absolutely not for me um in the present day where do you stand on that one uh, i'm similar to you i would love him in an ambassadorial role and yeah, I would like to throw him in to change him at half time last Sunday. Uh, I think that would have been fun in games, but in terms of being full time, and I don't think it's the right move. I, it's it's definitely at the wrong end of his his football life. I mean, bar Roy Hodgson, I think it's not many that are that sort of age and still doing it kind of thing so I think we've got to we've got to just just hope they would come as an ambassador of some type and yeah it would be great to see my eyebrows yeah, I think the last time he was here was when he did the commentary during COVID and he Walter Smith himself uh, I can't remember it was three and Gerard went up ten under the interview afterwards so it would be great to see him there with fans there but I don't think he's the right man for either director of football or manager. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that's. I would agree with that one. Going forward, there's plenty of names in there that, that would interest me, but Graham Sunis is not one of them. Right, we're about to enter the last ten minutes or so of the podcast. Keep your uh, comments coming. Seeing Jesse Marsh's name thrown in there, Steve Clark. Uh, absolutely no chance for Steve Clark come to Rangers. Um, Sam Allardyce, uh, I think it's about time we move on from the manager chat, given given those suggestions. Let's look at the new signings. The title of the podcast is, is it time for Michael Beale to show faith in Rangers summer signings? It's three of them. Kendall started against 
Celtic, and that was a big talking point when the um, when the start lineup came out for the game. We signed nine players: Jack Butland, Kieran Dowell, Abdul Asima, Leon Balogun, Dujon Sterling, Jose Sifuentes, Sam Lammers, Cyril Dessers, and Danilo. Where have the successes been for you, and and who out of that list should be nailed on starters? Do you think if there is such a thing as nailed on starters? I think Butland is the, the the success because I think we can stop and draw a line under that um, from there because nobody else is is earned uh, to be called a success as yet. Uh, there are potentials in there. I, I, I we've not seen enough of them to, to to kind of decide. But this is that again. This is on Bill because he's not given them. An opportunity stuck with some, and they, I, at the detriment of others. I think Danilo still excites me. I, he hits the target a lot. I think he's missed kind of the target once or twice. But goalkeepers, you know, he's been a foot either side of, of the goalkeeper, and he would have a few goals just now. He hits the target a lot, which we weren't doing last season. Um, so I, I like Danilo. I think Lammers has got a place in the right system, but we have not found what that system is. I think he's got great feet. And if we're talking about unlocking uh, unlocking um, part defense, card defenses of a bus defenders, then there's potentially a place for him. Uh, what I think we all have to remember is that traditionally across any team, any team, that about 50% of your signings don't work. So if you're signing nine signings, four or five of them it will be forgotten about within 18 months and they won't be here. And four or five of them, if we're lucky, will be, you know, legends, really, because they'll have brought home a title. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll remember them. I think Sifuentes, to me, I, I'm hoping... Um, it just it's just that about the pace of the Scottish game is taking them by surprise. Uh, I, I I've got huge belief that he can be the best player in Scotland right up there with Cantwell because I think Cantwell is a cracking player and he's just he's just he's just trying to do everything himself at the minute. So I, I say build the, the 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 team around him and I think Sifuentes can be a cracking player for us. I think Lammers can be good for us. I think Seema's a big horse but he's here for a season uh, and then he's away again. So. You know, I I I, I like Seema. Weirdly, reminds me of. Now this is going to sound stupid, but I I know what I mean. Which it actually reminds me a little bit of Mark Hately, and what I mean by that is that when the ball's about to get played, I remember watching Mark Hately back in the day. And he would have a look about him, and he would like just be standing about, and he kind of put his heart hand in his hips. And he just like that, as if he's completely uninterested. And you could see him out the side of his eye clocking where the defender was, and the defender would like switch off, and then he would bolt, and the defender thinks he's getting easy time, and like make a header or whatever. And then Haley would be on top of him at the time. And Seema's got that a bit of that about him for me. Um, and I know I think everybody was expecting him to be kind of beating four players and smacking the ball in from all kind of angles. But there's something just a wee bit interesting about Seema for me, and I'll be interested to see what we're thinking about Christmas time. Um, but yeah, there's there's one or two there for me. I, I'm not convinced by Dessers. I think he's had every chance. I think he's been unlucky, but I think he's had his chance. I, I think I think you have to put one of the other two and be it, be it Danilo or Lammers in, and see how they get on and give them three four goals, uh, three, sorry, three four games of a run, and see if one of those takes the opportunity and becomes our number nine. Um, 
and take it from there. But there, there's certain people that, that need to be taken out and there's certain people need to be put in. But the new players, Bill has to, he has to give them the shot now. He's brought them in. That's our new team. He lives or dies on them. And I, I think he's lucky to be given the chance to live or die with them now because I think he could have been gone this week. Chuck, Kendall's done well to go through pretty much all the signings there for uh, off the top of his head. So he's he's done well there. Are you in agreement with, with his assessment of the, the new players so far? Um, and one of the questions I saw asked during the week, which I think is is fair in some regards and not so and, and quite unfair in other regards, is are they better than the players they directly replaced from last season? So looking at the likes of Morelos, Kent, Cholak, um, others that I cannot remember off the top of my own head. Um, where, what's, where's, where, what's your view on on the sort of new signings and the start they've made, where the successes are, and if, if we have, in general, improved on the squad from last season? Well, I'm going to go the opposite way in terms of Simmer. He reminds me of a uh, rich man's fashion. <laughs> I just, I just don't have confidence when he's through. He's got all the pace and that, but I'm yet to see the clinical edge of him. He seems to be that sort of fashion. You, you could toss a coin whether he's going to do something magical or something ridiculous. Uh, I think in terms of when we're talking about the success of the signings, when we're talking about Matondo's probably been one of our best outfield players and he couldn't even get in the other team last season. I think that kind of says it. I think our six, six of the nine are all forward players and you're like, how do you even fit them all in? Which is a problem that like when you buy Dessers and you buy Danilo and you spend good money on both, and we only really play with one out-and-out striker. I don't get it. And then when you try and play that too, it doesn't seem to work. It seems to be part of the problem. Hence uh, Matondo getting brought in to play with a bit of pace uh, out wide. But Sterling was always brought in as a backup. A backup seems to be what he's going to be going forward. Butland, uh, without doubt, is the one that is a success story. The rest of them, I'd like to see Sifintis get up to speed. Yeah, hopefully he can be like his international teammate, Casado, and make us 100 million. Uh, doubt it, but uh, again, I think a lot of the problems that the players are having is that they're getting chopped and changed. They're never allowed to build partnerships. When you look at Sifintis, he came in and they played that right that defensive right midfield spot and he was playing with Tav in a role that he wasn't used to a player he wasn't used to and all of a sudden people are shocked when it didn't work when he should have been brought in he should have been introduced in games like St Johnston where you're going forward go and break the teams down don't worry so much about the defensive side of things and because surely Beal knew that was one of his weaknesses um so I've still got a bit of confidence that he will come good. Tessos has let me down. I think Danilo deserves the chance to stake his claim now. Yeah. Lamas, I just, I don't see, I'm turning into Alex Donaldson from two months ago when we signed these players. I need all the, 
optimism of uh, a man in the gallows. Uh, it's 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 ringing through the whole. I, I argued at the time and said, yeah, getting three or four goals in Italy is equivalent to probably getting 15, 20 in Scotland, but it's not really panning out the way I was hoping. Uh, but again, is it because Dezos has got a new partner every single time he's playing? Lamos seems to have been sort of just shifted around a little bit. He's behind the striker and then he's more to the right and then he's back again. I don't know. Is it something to do with that? Yeah. But I think it all comes back to what we're talking about at the very start. Beal has got to go out there, put our style, his style, what people want to see on the park and put his best 11 in that team and then hopefully we will see what he's been trying to build. It will it will make or break him and I think it'll make or break the signings. Yeah. Right now, I just want Alfie back in six cans. <laughs> Surprise, it's only six cans, Shug. Um, Kendall, Pete Lawrence says he's experimenting with the squad like we're still like we're playing pre-season still just to to round us off here looking ahead and looking forward and obviously starts with this and johnston game this weekend how do we get that front line firing do you think we have to they have to do their jobs properly they're, they're you know there's a good point in there as well in the comments about it's a great pod but you're dancing around the facts but the facts are these players have to dig Beal out of this and they have to do that by playing well and scoring goals. The strikers need to get over themselves if they've if they've got stage fright or they're a wee bit thing and they've not been working on it. You know, we, we need to stop making excuses for the manager. We need to stop making excuses for the uh, for the players. The, the famous one Shugs said about 17 times, play with the handbrake off. Well, play with the handbrake off. It's there, it's there. Have everybody going that way. At this stage, I would rather like lose four goals in the counter-attack than watch another 90 minutes of dirge win with no plan and no nothing. If we've got everybody flying forward and like one guy at the back just watching for the thing, then I'll take that. But I cannot go through another full season thinking and making excuses for everybody, which is what we do as Rangers fans. Now, I am not advocating sharks and I'm not advocating, you know, anything else, but we, we, we do make excuses for players and we do say because of the 10 years we had. That's gone. We've got a competitive squad. Get in, get in about every single team, attack every single team. I know don't want to I don't want to see us like sitting back against anybody, including Celtic. I want to see us going for them, go for the jugular, and if we get beat, well, so be it, because we'll be far more patient and they'll get far more time than that. So what I want to see, get bums off seats in the crowd, because you're seeing everybody horsing forward, getting at the players, running at players, crossing a ball and scoring a goal. And that's how things turn around. And it's the only way things will turn around. I think that's as good a way as any to end tonight's podcast. Kendall, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'd like to say it's a pleasure, but it's just, I'm still scunnered. <laughs> and Shug, thank you very much for joining us again. Yeah, 
So it's good to be back and get a rant out of the way. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> that's the end of the ranting over Rangers for a while. Brighter times ahead, hopefully. And thank you very much to everyone listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed the content from TII, please drop a like on the video and subscribe to the TII YouTube channel. Every time a new video is uploaded or a live podcast is scheduled, you'll get a notification through YouTube and you'll be able to tune in live and join us for the latest Rangers news and conversation. Uh, in terms of what we've got coming up the rest of the week, Kyle will be back on Wednesday night as we start as we start to ramp up. The conversation ahead of St Johnston um, and then we'll be back over the weekend as well reviewing what will hopefully be a Rangers win and three three points on the board to lift a bit of the negativity around the club. Thank you very much everyone for listening and until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.